We have a shortage of surgeons and physicians in general that is coming on like a freight train. Until we make it financially advantageous to do that kind of practice, we are going to see a continued growth of the shortage, said Dr. Philip Burns, chairman of the Department of Surgery at the University of Tennessee. You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. William Rich. Dr. Rich is the chair of the AMA Relative Value Scale Update Committee, or RUF. He is a board-certified ophthalmologist practicing in Northern Virginia. Dr. Rich is the Secretary for Federal Affairs and Medical Director for Health Policy of the American Academy of Ophthalmology. He has served as a consultant to the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and was on their panel dealing with the future of fee-for-service medicine. Today we're discussing the looming physician shortage and how the physician compensation formula, the resource-based relative value scale, or RBRVS, may be culpable. Hi, Dr. Rich, and thank you for joining us today at the Clinician's Roundtable. My pleasure, Dr. Rittenberg. You heard my opening remarks. Dr. Burns also said, whereas 15 years ago, 75% of our general surgery graduates would be going into general surgery practice, it's now down to about 25%. You and your committee have the finger on the purse strings, Bill. Are we going to continue to go along with this system, or do we need to change it? Manpower is an exceedingly complex issue. It's economics i.e. income, it's opportunities. In other words, there has to be a demand for your services. And you have to, I believe, have to have happy heroes. You have to be intellectually stimulated. Certainly, RBRVS has had dramatic changes. One of the goals of RBRVS initially was to shift revenue from surgeons and proceduralists, like invasive cardiologists, to primary care docs to address what was perceived as an actual manpower problem in the 70s and 80s. So what's happened is we have shifted revenues pretty dramatically. I won't say revenues, I'll say valuation of services. Surgical services, every major procedure is down 42% in real dollars from 1993. So if you're a general surgeon, vascular surgeon, thoracic surgeon, you've had a marked change in the valuation of your services and in your income. The 42% drop, was that due to change in the actual RVUs for the surgical procedures, or was that due to other factors? It was due mostly to other factors, Bill. About 43% of the fee schedule is due to practice expenses, and Congress mandated changes to the practice expense RVUs between 1998 and 2002. And the goal was of RBRVS right from the beginning was to shift revenues away from procedures into primary care. The valuation went up in primary care, but most of the money got shifted into other services done in the office. So the people that benefited the most weren't primary care. They were dermatology, allergists, those that do a lot of things, especially diagnostic testing in the office. So now, again, one of the goals of RBRVS was to help manpower with primary care, increase the valuation of services, increase the revenues to primary care. But what's happened the money went away from surgeons, so now pure surgical specialties have a great manpower problem up in the 30s, just like primary care does. And those that do a lot of diagnostic testing, both the medical subspecialties, gastroenterology, surgical subspecialties that don't go to the OR all the time, urology, ENT, they benefited. So the goal of shifting revenues away from pure surgery was achieved, but unfortunately, the incomes for primary care did not go up. 
Thomas Bodenheimer and two associates wrote an article in the Annals of Internal Medicine, February 20th, 2007. Um, They said the resource-based relative value scale designed to reduce the inequality between fees for office visits and payment for procedures failed to prevent the widening primary care specialty income gap for four reasons. In their article, they point out the fact that if one does a complex office visit, a 99214, which is valued at $90, and a colonoscopy, CPT45378, which pays $225 in the outpatient department of a hospital, the authors claim that both procedures take a half an hour, but the work RVU is higher because the intensity is deemed to be greater for procedures than for cognitive skills. That sounds somewhat opposite of what you're trying to tell me in terms of the value placed by the rock on cognitive skills. Well, actually, I had responded to that article. There were several mistakes made by Dr. Bodenheimer and his group at uh, San Francisco General and USF to show that, indeed, there has been a reevaluation of the services. If you look at physician work RVUs per minute worked and see where they were years ago. What are they today? If you look at every surgical procedure in the Medicare fee schedule and all EM services, each gets paid 0.39 cents per minute if you look at the total minutes uh, involved in the service. Unfortunately, Dr. Bodenheimer didn't look at, for instance, he also references a cataract. All he looked at was the time in the OR. Included in that service are preoperative times, evaluations the day before, four office visits afterwards. So his, his data to show the intensity it was severely flawed in the article. I think that there are income gaps. They are substantial, but they're not due to the valuation of services. Again, the RUC just voted in the last five-year review to increase the value of EM services 38%, the work values. But incomes have lagged behind for several reasons. Number one, when the government and insurers started to take away the ability to charge for labs in the office, family docs, general internists lost a huge profit center. Secondly, whereas I as an ophthalmologist can increase my productivity by getting out of the hospital and going to an ASC, And even though the time to do the procedure is the same, I can increase my productivity 30%. You, Bill, as a primary care doc, can't do that. You can't increase your productivity of your EM services because of the restrictions on the documentation guidelines. You have to provide that service face-to-face. The third factor seems to be that, actually, with the use of hospitalists, billings are down a little bit. So I think the major problem with the income isn't the valuation of the services that have gone up. It's the loss of the ability to charge for labs, and it's the inability because of the restricted documentation guidelines to increase your productivity. I've been able to maintain, as a subspecialist in ophthalmology, my income. It's down from what it was in 93, but I can increase my productivity, and you can't. I'll tell you one thing that really gets to me, and that is that we're not stating what an hour of doctor's services is worth. And I'll tell you, my favorite guy, Attorney General Andrew Cuomo of New York State, he's suing Ingenex, a wholly owned subsidiary of United Healthcare that sort of sets what's usual and customary because they basically cheated the people who were going out of network. And Cuomo said that a 15 minute 
typical doctor's visit has a fair market value of $200. Well, a 99213 has an RVU of $1.71, which converts to $65.13. Maybe I would invite Attorney General Cuomo to come to Virginia, because that's certainly not what anyone gets paid in my state. Right, but why don't we set the RVU at 5.25? And, you know, I understand the SGR. I understand, you know, you've got to rob from Peter to pay Paul because there's a fixed pie. But at least we ought to state what the RVUs really are worth in fair market value, as defined by the Attorney General of New York, and then let doctors at least feel and see how badly they're getting cheated. <laughs> that's, that's a novel idea. Unfortunately, I don't think that people in Congress are going to respond to it. I think that we are struggling. Our whole society bill is, recognizes, even the surgical subspecialties. That's why the surgeons and the whole ruck and everyone on the ruck approved the EM increases. We recognize that everyone in medicine, the House of Medicine and Congress, recognize that we have a crisis in primary care. But we can't increase the income flow under RBRVS. There have to be other mechanisms. I think we're going to see a revolution in primary care practice and revenues. The RUC just voted massive increases for the value of primary care docs who participate in the medical home demonstration project. This is going to be applicable to about 86% of Medicare beneficiaries. If you look at a typical mix of Medicare in a primary care office, and it could lead to six-figure incomes per year for primary care. That was the only unanimous vote in the history of the RUC was to affirm those huge increases for the medical home. Because we can't do it through RBRBS. But I think that this is a transformational change, and I think that it could be the biggest breakthrough in primary care revenues and, and the ability to affect our crisis in primary care manpower. Let me ask you one question, because this was in AM News. They have payment scenarios for a medical home. One of the th- items listed is case manager. And for a case manager, their numbers quoted from 5100 up to $8,800 based on the tier the practice is in. Now, is that per month, per year? What does that cover? Because I'm thinking if that's per month, $8,800 a month to the case manager, I'm going to take that job. You bet. It's going to be paid just like the old capitation stuff, Bill. You're going to be looking at about $58 per member per month. So if the average primary care practice has approximately 220 Medicare beneficiaries, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of money. Yeah. You're looking at transformational changes in primary care incomes. And I think that everyone in the ruck is sick and tired of looking at the duplications of CAT scans, MRIs. 30% of Medicare beneficiaries that are readmitted within 90 days have never seen a doc when they've gotten out of the hospital. All Sheesh. of medicine is sick of this. You know, mm. I don't know if your parents are still alive. My mom's still alive. My every mama. time she gets, she's 86, every time she gets readmitted, it's someone screwed up. We don't usually end on such a down note. Do you have something optimistic to add? (laughs) Yes, I do. I think that if you look at what's going on in the Senate and the House now, I do think we're going to have um, Medicare reform. I think that, especially on the Democratic side, the Democrats strongly favor fee-for-service medicine versus Medicare Advantage programs. I think that no matter who's elected president, you're not going to see the dollars shunted into prop-up Medicare Advantage plans. So I think the docs are going to see more flow into fee-for-service. I think we are going to see more comprehensive Medicare reform within two years. In the end, 
society recognizes excellence and you're reimbursed for that excellence. And so I'm an optimist. Is the system broken now? Yes, it needs tweaking. I'm fairly optimistic that Congress can get it done with a little change in the mix of Democrats in the House and Senate. I'd like to end on that note, and I'd like to thank Dr. William Rich, who's been my guest, and we've been discussing how the AMA Relative Value Update Committee can influence the looming shortage of primary care physicians. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at ReachMD.com. Register with promo code radio and receive six months of free streaming audio for your home or office. If you have comments or suggestions, call us at 888-MD-XM-157. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I wish you good day and good health.